I'm Andrew Johnson, and welcome to the second episode of my podcast, Growing Up Special. It's a podcast on growing up with a brother with a disability. It's a side of the story that isn't told. You hear about the parents or the people themselves, but not from the siblings. Today's episode is about the things said to me and Alex and how it was dealt with. It will be split into three segments. What was said, how I felt, and how I dealt with it. There will also be an interview with Virginia Fallon about her experiences with a disabled sibling. But before we get started, remember to head to the Growing Up Special Facebook page and give it a like and a share. Also, head to my journalist page, Andrew Johnson, to see the stories I'm writing. Now for our first segment, what was said. As I alluded to in the first episode, there were a lot of things said about Alex. Usually they were along the lines of weird, strange, different, things of that nature. Sometimes they were a bit harsher, things like stupid, idiot, dumb, and slow. These were all pretty common words I heard growing up. This didn't make it okay, but they were things I got used to. Then there were some pretty severe ones. Retard, freak, spastic. These ones weren't said as regularly, but it wasn't unusual to hear them. And then there were other things said that were just plain cruel. I couldn't live with a retarded brother. Wouldn't wish that on anyone. He's a spastic. You should disown him. He's disabled. He can't contribute well to society. A lot of these things are built out of ignorance. Unless you are close to someone with a disability, there is a fair bit of uncertainty about what a disability entails. That's because people aren't taught about disabilities, as if it's just swept under the rug. The things said towards me and Alex made me feel a variety of different emotions, but more of that in our next segment. And now we have an interview with Virginia Fallon about her experiences with a disabled sibling. Tell me about your brother. So my brother... His name's Paul. He had a car accident um, when he was 14, which is now 18 years ago, um, resulting in him becoming a paraplegic. So he is paralysed from above the waist down. What did people say about him? Did you get a lot of offensive comments directed Yeah, I did. The, um, I think the worst comments were initially... We live in Waikanae, which is, you know, a reasonably small town, or certainly was then. And so when Paul's accident happened, it was big news, and um, he wasn't around. And so people did make comments, I think, just not understanding. Probably the worst comment I ever heard was that somebody said, you know, if it was their brother, they would turn the machines off, pull the plug. So how did you, like, deal with all this? Because there would have been a lot of resentment and anger and stuff about that. How did you deal with that? You know, it's interesting. In regards to resentment and anger there, I I think the family members took it harder than my brother did. Um, I became, and I still am, extremely protective, although he doesn't really need it. Um, I think this is... This is a you know I could I could make jokes about him being in a chair, but I, I don't feel anybody else can. I feel when we're out in public, I, I think one of the biggest shots was having people speak to me instead of him, um, like literally asking me you know how does he have his coffee, 
that I certainly wasn't ready for that. Um, and I think it's made us more protective. I, it certainly has made me more more protective and far more um, right self-righteous than he is himself. What have you learned from everything? Going from being... Because uh, like, your one's an interesting one, him being mm. without a disability and then coming into it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, because he wasn't born with a disability. Yeah, so I think... Um, I think the difference that what we've found and compared to people I know who have a sibling or a loved one that was born with a disability was we we had to come to terms with him becoming disabled and the loss of ability. Um, so there was a lot of a lot of grieving and interestingly to this day, eighteen years later there still is. Um, I know when I whenever I dream about him, he's walking. Uh, he's never in a wheelchair. But I think one of the things that was most startling was realising the things he can do. Um, you know, I, in the early days I thought that was, a, you know, he's in a wheelchair, life's over. Um, spending time in the spinal unit in Christchurch certainly changes that. The the way these people adapt is, is incredible. Awesome. Sweet. Well, thank you, Hayes, yeah. for that. Yeah, not a problem. Time for our next segment, How I Felt. Now, hearing all these things made me feel a variety of things. Anger, sadness, disappointment. I was angry at the ignorance of people. I was angry at how people didn't seem to care about Alex's feelings, about my feelings. I was angry at the education system, how they didn't teach children about disabilities. They teach about different religions, about different walks of life, but not about people with disabilities. The 2013 Disability Survey showed that 24% of the New Zealand population were identified as disabled. So if it's that common, why is it still a somewhat taboo topic? I was sad at the fact that there was a lack of understanding from people. It hurt that people could say things like this about my brother. Basically, I was sad that people could say things like this with feeling, despite not knowing Alex on a personal level. I was disappointed in society. That saying things like this were common practice and that they were almost accepted. I was disappointed that ignorance was accepted. It doesn't take that much effort to look up a disability online and within seconds get a ton of information about said disability. It also doesn't take much effort to treat people with disabilities the same as any other person you see on the street. The one comment that really angered and frustrated me was the one about people with disabilities not being able to contribute to society. I've heard people on the dole say this. I've heard people who spend their time doing illicit drugs say this. People who have done jail time. People without education past year 11. I argue that Alex and, well, anyone with a disability has a far more positive contribution to society than any of those people. So to sum up, I felt angry, sad, disappointed. And it was okay to feel these things. But then... I had to deal with them. Now we have our weekly spotlight on special needs news of the week.
head of the Early Childhood Council, Peter Reynolds, has delivered a blistering attack on the Education Ministry's lack of support for under-fives with special needs. He told the Education and Science Select Committee inquiry into support for children with autism and dyslexia that thousands of children could be suffering developmental delays because they were not getting enough help. He said children were waiting too long to be assessed and when they were diagnosed, the amount of specialist help they got was insufficient. On a lighter note, a photo from a mall centre in North Carolina is going viral after showing good old St Nick lending a helping hand to a small autistic boy during an episode. It happened during an event sponsored by Autism Speaks. Despite how much his mother tried, Brayden dearly did not want to sit on Santa's lap. Instead, the boy chose to lie on the ground. Rather than let it be an uncomfortable moment, good old St Nick went the extra mile and dropped down to the boy's level, laying down with him. Brayden's mother Erin says this is a moment she will never forget. It's time for the final segment of the day, how I dealt. Now I've already delved into what was said and how I felt about it, but combating it was a different kettle of fish. At times I just ignored it. That was probably the best way to deal with it. Ignoring it gave me the power, gave me control of the situation. But on other days, I'd say something back. Not nasty things, just stuff like, what makes you so special? Or, what have you done with your life? I said them in the hope that they would take a step back and think about what they've said. Ignorantly, I thought they would actually take it on board. Sometimes, if I was fed up, I would insult them, turn the tables. But this caused a different set of issues. Saying stuff back, particularly at high school, wasn't always smart. Now I'm not the biggest, toughest, or strongest guy in the world. I'm no Muhammad Ali. I can't really fight. But I've always been a huge believer in standing up for what you believe in. So in moments I'm not particularly proud of. I got into a couple of fights. Not massive all-in brawls that required someone to go to hospital. Just small ones. A few punches here and there. Like I said, not much of a fighter. So they didn't always turn out the best. Luckily, no permanent damage. Still got all my teeth. Afterwards, I was always really annoyed at myself for letting it escalate to the point that it did. But nowadays, I just laugh it off. You know, people are going to say horrible things. That's how life works. It doesn't make it right or acceptable, but it's going to happen. I'll never agree with it, but gone are the days of losing it at people who say those things. They just aren't worth my time. So that's it for the second episode. Next week I'll be looking toward the future and what it holds for me and Alex. I also have a very special interview that I know you're going to love. Remember to give the page Growing Up Special a like and a share. And if you have any feedback, please leave a post on the page. I would love to hear from you. So until next week, see you later. Mm-hmm.